Well, good afternoon, America. How are you doing, everybody? This is Tim Wingate sitting in for the traveling Michael Herzog, who will be back on Monday on the American Awakening here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. What a wonderful day. It's a great day for freedom, great day to move forward. You know, I was talking with a number of people over the last uh, few hours, and we're commenting about all the negativity, all the the things that uh, everyone says how bad it is and it's getting worse and et cetera, et cetera. And no one's trying to close their eyes to that kind of thing, but the fact of the matter is, if you just give in to all that stuff, you're going to lose. You, you, If you focus on the negative and the bad that's happening, it could very well happen. What I'd like to do is let's focus on some solutions. Let's deal with ideas and concepts to make a better world, to make a freer America, to counteract these things. Yeah, people got guns. Yeah, people got numbers. Yeah, they got so-called legal authority. But you know what? There's actually more of us than, uh, than there are of them. And the trick is who gets, who motivates the mass? Who motivates the mass of, of people? You know, psychologists, psychiatrists, people that are in the uh, uh, human development field, the uh, positive uh, uh, seminars, the, uh, oh, I, I, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of different names for these kinds of ideas, you know, the positive thinking seminars and the, just anyone who, who deals with human uh, psychology and why people do what they do. We know that the rough estimate, and this is a rough estimate, 70% of people are sheeple. Now, come on, you know that, honestly. Look at the people around you. You know how it is. You've tried to talk to them about freedom. They just kind of like, uh, yeah, well, uh, it's too bad. Yeah, it can't anybody do anything about it. Blah, blah, blah. Look, there are things we can do. And we're going to talk about some of the solutions to the problems and some of the ideas that we can do, but first of all, you in your own mind have to develop a positive attitude, a can-do attitude. We're going to try and help you do that today. Special guest Alan Watt is back. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back, America. This is Tim Wingate sitting in for Michael Herzog on the American Awakening. As we talked about just before the uh, just before the break. Uh, ideas, concepts, tools that one can use to uh, liberate your mind, to have a freedom mindset, if you will. That's exactly what we need to have, is a freedom mindset. And the way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is to feed your mind with good things, with positive things. You know, so often in the freedom movement, we get caught listening to all the problems. You know, we've got chemtrails, and we're going to be talking about a little bit of that with uh, with uh, Alan when he when he comes on here. We've got um, so many issues that we can always point to. There's always going to be negativity around us. The battle is in your mind, and the battle is to have a positive attitude, a can-do attitude. And to do that, we have to have realistic tools, tools to be able to move forward and, and have that motivation 
inside of ourselves. You know, the scripture says is that the, you know, you're supposed to not have a mind of fear. You're supposed to, to have a strong mind. And you're, you're all supposed to gird up the loins, so to speak. In other words, you know, hike up your pants, you know, pull up your socks and, and roll up your sleeves and, and get into the work. One uh, one other thing here, today is, is the uh, second day after the summer solstice, so we're now on the downward slide till December 21st. Days will start getting a little shorter, so I hope you enjoyed yesterday. Well, we have our guest, as usual, on a Friday, and if you were listening last Friday, you knew we got knocked off the air, so we had him on Monday, so I am just thoroughly pleased to have Alan Watt here at bookending my uh, time here filling in for Michael while he's been traveling. Alan, are you with us? I am, yes. Oh, excellent, excellent. I am so happy that you're here. Yes, I'm glad to be on, yeah. Okay. Well, Michael, you and I were talking a little bit earlier as we were talking about the program and uh, ideas and different things and you had you had brought up to me something that I I had not known and now folks who listen to this most of quite frankly you know we have uh, it goes out over the air over several FM stations it's on satellite shortwave there uh, obviously there are people that are tuning in through the internet and we have a broad spectrum of individuals and individuals who have listened to this program and anything here on Republic Broadcasting Network know that there are certain issues that are, are really starting to take off. Obviously, 9-11 and the, the inconsistencies with that whole story, things you and I have talked about uh, already, about the Bilderbergers and the elitists at the top, the globalists. And one of the other things is this, this issue of chemtrails. And something is going on way up above the commercial airline route that that planes are doing something, they're spraying something, and there's been all kinds of reports here and there. And you told me that, if I heard you right, that in Europe they're already admitting that they're doing this? Yeah, just in the last week or so. It, it had to come to this because there's been too many people um, well, maybe not so many people, but enough people talking out about it uh, that they had to eventually address it. And so some of the governments have come out and admitted. Uh, see, now it's time, now that we've heard the Kyoto warnings and stuff and global climate change, yada, yada, to, to use it as an excuse to, that they're actually trying to save us all from excessive global warming. However, they're a bit late and, and a bit of a, a liar too because... They were spraying back in the 90s pretty consistently before we heard about the global warming and all the terror that's been drummed up since. Now, governments do not move quickly, as you know, and bureaucracies certainly don't. It takes many years of planning something on this scale to get it into operation. It takes years of making the chemicals that they're spraying on a world basis. Because I get photographs from all over the world. This is going on everywhere. So this has been in the manufacture for probably 20, 30 years beforehand uh, to get us to this stage today, long before global warming became the, the con game issue that it has. What they're doing, uh, in fact, I think, is to do with drugging. One of the reasons is to drug the populace as they take them through the greatest changes in history into a new system. Now, the day after 9-11, 
on national television, Rumsfeld came on and he was asked what the, the government was going to do if there was another great catastrophe in a city and uh, it would probably do about the panic situation. He said, we have aerosolized Prozac and Valium compounds ready to go and we can deluge whole cities with this stuff. Oh and that's my when God. it hit me. That's when it hit me. My God, <laughs> they've been doing it before this. They were doing it since the late 90s in Canada, for instance, on a daily well, you know, basis. You know, Alan, uh, the people who have been fighting fluoridation of the water uh -huh. have been contending that this, this uh, side product of making aluminum Mm -hmm. that they uh, sodium fluoride that they needed to get rid of yeah and it, it actually functions in some capacity it, it brings your brain structure down your IQ yeah. drops it makes you more pliable to government authority uh, they knew that in the 1800s and early 1900s with the fluoride so aluminum oxide now uh, Teller who is the uh, the guy who came out with the H-bomb uh, wrote a uh, whole treatise about this particular spraying of the air syndrome that they thought about doing in the 50s. He said, if we can deluge the air with metal, medical uh, particles, he said, we can use um, electromagnetic frequency standing waves, the, the Tesla technology, to basically create a circuit across the whole atmosphere, which would uh, alter the weather, and he said a, a good side effect it was it could make the people compliant by affecting their moods. Well, they've, they've been doing it, you see. They've actually you know, been doing it, yeah. This is amazing. This is science fiction. I'm a, a big science fiction fan. I, I don't go into science fiction. I go into reality from their own. Oh, I, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But science, uh, science fiction is one of those story uh, ways of telling a story that deals with the present but you put it into the future and it makes it a little more palatable and entertaining for what some it people. is is called predictive programming because all the biggest science fiction writers that have and do exist are paid by the future society to really? write stories around these things to get us ready subconsciously to accept them when they actually happen well, you know, that's rather, you know, I, may, maybe that's true for some people. It may be true for the 70% of the, the sheeple out there. The other 30% of, of us are more independently minded uh, to varying degrees. And I've often seen science fiction more, as you say, as predictive, but not necessarily that that's something that had to occur, more as possibly a warning of what could happen if things didn't change. And the point I was going to bring up is that Robert Heinlein wrote a book back in the late 50s, or I'm sorry, the late 40s, it was called Sixth Column, and in that you had a, a, a United States that had been overrun by Chinese, and the remaining Americans developed the technology that was uh, using electronic beams that could pacify or actually put to sleep people of different races. And, of course, the Americans were able to use it on, on, on the Asians who had inv invaded the, uh, the country. And when we started talking about these EMP and the pulse machines and the different things that are out there, HARP that's uh, up in Canada, and then these particles in the atmosphere that could create, I guess it's, it's what kind of a cascading uh, antenna effect or reflection 
things so that they can, uh, much like shortwave bounces off of the ionosphere and can travel for hundreds of thousands of miles. They can be focused on the ionosphere, and because they have 54 of them worldwide, they yeah. can put them up in convergence and aim them over entire continents. The, see, now that, and, and this is the kind of thing, we know that from even the Republican convention that occurred uh, back in, uh, in in New York, that they already, we, we can see the uh, pictures of the machines that they had set up ready to focus on the crowd to either induce vomiting or, oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, well, that's what they found, uh, as I say, 70-odd years ago with the early experimentation with uh, electromagnetic frequency pulse waves was, and standing waves was that uh, with a secondary signal attached to it, they could actually induce uh, thoughts into a person's skull, by the way. Um, and the easiest thing to do was to alter the emotion, either make them very aggressive or passive. That was very easy to do by altering the frequency just a little bit. And they have been doing it. They've admitted they experimented right. on the people of Maine uh, back in the Alan, 70s. Alan, hang on with that thought. We've got a break. We'll be back, folks. All right, America. This is Tim Wingate on the Republic Broadcasting Network sitting in for the traveling Michael Herzog on the American Awakening and our special guest, Alan Watt is on the line, was starting to make a point about uh, something going on in Canada? Yeah, it's going across the whole world. Um, uh, every country that signed um, a treaty, it was an open sky treaty it was called, and there's two treaties, one of them's for commercial aircraft, but it's the one for military aircraft that's important. And all the signatories to that treaty have been getting sprayed heavily since about 1998, uh, some beforehand, by the way. Uh, so uh, what they've been doing is you can see them making the clouds in the sky. Anybody bores to look up, uh, you can see them making the clouds in the sky, the crisscrossing of the trails, which spread and spread. They don't go away like the old uh, trails used to. They put with just water vapor. This is not water vapor. Hello. It's a polymer substance which was developed by the military uh, as far back as the 1950s, which can carry other substances along with it. Um, they can certainly alter the weather with it, but they're also, I'm certain of it, using drugs on the populace because in certain days and certain colors of spray they, they use from the white to, the, to the, the blue, when the blue sprays are being used in conjunction, you find everyone in the summer uh, are almost drugged, very, very drugged in the towns. Um, you also find them getting bouts of irritability. Everyone you meet is irritable when the stuff starts to wear off, just as you would if you'd had a high dose of uh, a tranquilizer and it's coming out of your bloodstream, you're getting withdrawal symptoms. So this is happening all over the place because, you see, Zygmunt Brzezinski talked about this coming. It's his forms and techniques of uh, uh, electronic warfare used on the public, which they'll be completely oblivious of. And that was in his own book called Between Two Ages. And, and the, the, the chapter was called the Technotronic Era. It's technotronic warfare, which they're using on the peoples of the world as they change the whole new system into a brand new system. makes perfect uh, sense from a, a military strategy standpoint. You know, that brings up something else that uh, you and I had mentioned. We were talking about how that they haven't been hiding 
their plans from us whatsoever. And the fact that uh, Zbigniew had put this in his in his book, and that he also was dealing very specifically with the uh, he he was one of the the architect actually, or at least the front man for the trilateral commission. And I had mentioned that if you really want to know what's going on, at least from the, uh, the, the from the position of the Council on Foreign Relations, you need to go read Foreign Affairs magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, this all came out of Britain from the, the, the Cecil Rhodes and the Lord Alfred Milner group, which can, uh, joined together. They were front groups, an unofficial group of the British or Crown, actually for the Crown itself. So they could go into countries and get little wars started, and Britain couldn't really be accused of starting a war. The Crown would say, well, we, if they're private organizations, have nothing to do with us. However, once these little groups had their wars agitated, and the people like the Boers attacking them in South Africa, uh, then they say, well, we have to send in the troops to defend the English. This is an old strategy. And from that, they, they created the American branch. Any non-British branch is called a Council on Foreign Relations. And uh, they set theirs up in the United States. The other group, which was designed to bring a, a three-part world, three trading blocks, a United Europe, Pacific Rim United Block, and a United Americas, was called the Trilateral Group, which belongs to the same CFR group as a step higher on the rung. They also have the Council on, on Pacific Relations to deal with the Far East. They've been working on that since 1930 uh, onwards. So this was on the, the go. This whole present situation was, was being worked on uh, 70 odd years ago. Karl Marx well, mentioned it in the 1800s that eventually they'd create the same three trading blocks under a world power. A world government. Yeah, it's yeah. the same same agenda. hasn't altered. Well, then we we know that they're they're there uh, to be informed, is to be forearmed. You know, I want, at the top of the hour is talking about let's you know what are some of the positive things that we can do. <laughs> well, first of all, you cannot be positive until you know what's really happened in the past. Okay. If you're just positive, then you're as well as joining the new agers to get taught positive thinking and just be happy and don't look back at that express train coming up behind you, which is a great form of disarming the mentalities of the people. That's why they created the New Age. You have to understand how we got here, and you have to understand your histories to see why you got here. And it's only then uh, you get any peace of mind. It's when you've gone through all of it, you've broken through all the levels of the matrix, and you understand that, that you have personal peace of mind understanding uh, clarifies an awful lot. It takes fear away. Uh, it takes the fear of the unknown away because now you know. That's so important. But it also, it also uh, you have to go back into all of the, the documentation written around the era of revolutions because... Okay. Okay, to understand what's, understand what's going on. And this is what you deal with quite a bit uh, at your website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Yeah. You have yeah. materials, you have books, you have seminars, uh, CDs, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, folks, you're welcome to go check out cuttingthroughthematrix.com. We'll be back after the break with Alan Watt. All right, America, we're back. The American Awakening. 
Michael Herzog on Republic Broadcasting Network. This is Tim Wingate sitting in for the traveling Michael, who will be back on Monday. And we were are talking with our special guest, Alan Watt. And we're talking about, well, you know, I started off with positive things, and Alan, Alan brought up a very good warning, and that is you don't want to get sidetracked into just feel-good, positive thinking. I'm not so much talking about just the new-agey, feel-good, positive thinking, uh, the secret, uh, you know, I can get wealth and money and fame by thinking about it all the time type stuff. What I'm really talking about, Alan, is is things that we can do to stop this, to slow this down. I, I mean, I, I'm willing to completely admit that it's taken generations to get us into this situation, and it may take generations to get us out of this situation. I came across this quote, Alan, says, uh, and uh, honestly, I do not know who said it. And it's it's just it's been one of these things that's been floating around oh in the fax system and then eventually the internet it says this the world can only be turned right side up by the conscious collective activity of those who construct a theory of why it is upside down. Spontaneous rebellion alone is not sufficient. Without adequate advanced preparation, the old world will simply reappear after any rebellion, embedded as it is in the psychics, psyches sorry, of the fabled people. An authentic revolution can only occur if there is a coherent and practical mass movement of self-conscious individuals in which all of the mystifications of the past are being consciously swept away. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true, too, because... Number one, uh, I'm not here to save a system. This system is unsavable. It never was my system. It wasn't yours either. You were just born into it. And it was, it was created by the same people or their, or their predecessors, generally in the same family lines, who are going on to the next phase of their system. And this is what's always happened down through history. People only fight when the system they've been born into is suddenly changing and never dawns on them that, that uh, it wasn't natural to begin with. So they're trying to save something which was, wasn't theirs, it was already lost. And uh, we can't go on in this, this system, which is not a humane system to begin with. A system that says, uh, I'm okay, Jack, tough luck on you, is not a humane system. It's a totalitarian system already, and it has been for quite some time. Uh, I've grown up in a socialist country, that was Britain, uh, and literally you were a number uh, from the beginning, and you were followed down through your life by the authorities, by that number. Uh, everything you had to do in any major level, you had to get government permission and uh, approval or licensing or whatever, and it's just the same here now. Uh, because they haven't come to your door yet doesn't mean they're not doing it to other people and and that's been like that for a long time now the system itself is corrupt from top to bottom and it cannot and stand so so part part of what uh, maybe we need to do is be as we said is understand the past understand how we got here but also look at the what can we do to to change well, what Some of us are, are here already. We've been listening. We're, we're involved. We know what the past is. We know what they've done to us. We know about the numbering. We know about the dehumanization. It's very simple. The answer is very simple. 
and, and that's to, to, to for the first time for the people themselves to debate what is the purpose of life in the first place. If you can't get that answered, you get nowhere. The rest of it is just the blind leading the blind, because we've never had that debated. We take it for granted uh, that we're here in one way or another to serve this system or to benefit in this system personally. That's all as far as most people ever think. And uh, at one time they knew this during the Revolutionary Wars. All of this stuff was debated. And that's why government was supposed to be set up in the great experiment of the U.S. to see if the public could govern themselves with the least possible amount of government over the top of them. Because they knew darn well that if the people couldn't do it and, and if the people did not keep control of their government over their government, the government would gradually take control over them. Well, that happened pretty quickly, you see. The government yes. has become the master. Instead Taking of less than 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very and quick, and Jefferson wrote lots about, about it. So did the other ones. They were well aware that hereditary families would creep in, dynasties, in politics, in finance, and then direct the course of the country, and that's happened. You know, it, it's interesting that you, you, you talk about the, the structure of our, of our system, whether it's Canada's system, whether it's Mexico's system, whether it's United States' system. Government, it, by itself, once at a certain point it becomes institutionalized, it's, it's like it switches roles instead of being, at least in, in our country here, Government was originally created to serve the needs of the people. Now we find people are, are being told they have to serve the needs of the government, mm -hmm. and that yeah, and no one's not the terms. way it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, and, and, and so it's and, become the master. It's become the master, and uh, it's an old story. You know, when our people fear their government, uh, then you're under tyranny, and that's happened. It's happened here. That's why the big stick, the same old techniques used in Europe over many centuries are now used here because America has been joined at the hip with London for many, many, many yes. hundred years. Well, you know, there are the theorists who, who, who do say that America never really did break away. They broke away politically, but not really economically, mm -hmm. because the same money financiers, the same moneyed elitists, right. if you will, financed America. Uh, I believe um, didn't America even come back to Britain and borrow money to maintain its existence for a while? Yeah, well, it's the same old story. Money is the root of all evil. But I think it's, it's, not, it's not the love of, of it. See, money yeah. is a problem. Money is the first con game ever invented in history, they, uh, uh, along with the priesthoods, and, um, and and that's why you have coin. It's the same root word as coin, which is priest. And uh, it was the first con game that came between barter, where people decided what they what they wished to exchange and for what items they would exchange it. And uh, there've been ongoing wars since the Phoenicians took the money system all over the world in ancient times, and it's allowed uh, privileged families to to get up to rise up above the rest, uh, who understand this game. It's thousands of years old. It doesn't matter what money is, by the way. Money itself is the con, and uh, that's our problem. We've never debated what uh, the purpose of life is. Is it to simply accumulate this thing called, this strange thing called wealth, or are we here to serve each other? That is a dilemma. It's a paradox. 
if we go with the way of the new world order, we will be a bunch of robots serving them. And the time is running out for everyone, including the youth. We are the last generation with the knowledge of the histories to, to stop this because the youth don't have it. And they shortly will be chipped like everyone else. And when that happens, you will no longer be an individual who can think coherently uh, as an individual. Well, okay, I, I, I can see that, that possibility. Would you, uh, you know, we were talking, you were talking about, uh, back to Jefferson and the ideas, the experiment, the American experiment mm-hmm. in self-governance. And we had Edwin Vieira on yesterday talking about home, homeland, um, security or constitutional homeland security. And I love his idea. I love his concept. Uh, there's only weak, one weak point in that, and once again, that is getting enough people to uh, go along with it, to change their minds and stand up and say, I'm willing to pledge my, my, uh, my life, my possessions, my sacred honor in the cause of liberty and freedom. That's the only holdoff, and I, I've tried to bring this out to people as I've talked, or I've talked and listened to that English, as I have talked around the country, different seminars I have put on, as well as articles, and I, I wrote the idea of an American shibboleth. Are you familiar with the term shibboleth, mm-hmm. yeah. Alan? Yeah. Okay. Just for the folks out there, a shibboleth, quite simply is a word or an idea, a concept that causes a division. It makes you have to make a choice between something. The ancient story goes back to, I believe, the book of Judges, chapter 12, where you had two tribes of ancient Israel that were uh, battling an enemy, and one tribe called to the other tribe and asked them to come and help, the other tribe says, no, no, we'll let you fight the battle. Well, the tribe that fought won the battle. They got all the booty. They got all the possessions. They got the animals and everything. The tribe who sat it out says, well, we want our share. And the tribe who won said, no, you didn't participate in the battle. You're not going to get your share. So they, so the tribe who didn't do anything then decides to invade their cousins and try and take some of the booty. Well, there was a battle, and they got their butts whipped. And as they were trying to escape back across the river to their own territory, sentries were posted by the tribe that had been attacked, and they simply had a simple word, and that is shibboleth, that they had to say. And it means nothing more than a torrent of water. It, it The word itself doesn't mean anything. It's the pronunciation of the word, that sh sh sound was not in the dialect or the language of the tribe that had attacked them. They would say just the long S, the S, Sibboleth. That way they knew they were not part of the proper tribe and they could not speak it and it became a code word or a password or a century word, if you will. And down through the centuries, the term has come to mean something that makes a division. I've maintained, and I still maintain, that the five premises that are articulated in the Declaration of Independence is an American shibboleth. Either you believe in these or you don't. Now, how they're fleshed out is just a question of a form. It's not the substance. This is the substance 
of our belief. This should be the substance of our of our mindset. And I'll just enumerate them for you very quickly. Number one, the law that the positive laws of any government are always subject and subordinate to the natural law, the laws of nature and nature's God. Number two, that all men equally entitled to certain unalienable rights, whether or not it is convenient to public officials or special interest groups, domestic or foreign. Three, that governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, and therefore can never claim any unjust powers whatsoever or impose any powers from the top down. Four, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter and abolish it and institute new government, the people being always morally, politically, and legally superior to any form of government. And number five, that when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object shows a design to reduce the people under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security, for the fulfillment of which right and duty the people must be organized, armed, and disciplined in a well-regulated militia the Second Amendment declares to be, the, to be necessary for the security of a free state. What say you, Alan Watt? Well, that was fine for the time because, as Jefferson himself said, anything that's on paper is worth nothing unless the people believe it in their hearts and actually work it into existence. And that's just the problem. People eventually deify leaders or they deify constitutional papers. They deify the object. And same with the Bible. It's written, it's there. That's it. Leave it there. Uh, instead of uh, going onwards with the information from there. If you don't live what you believe, you think it's all been done for me, well, guess what? You've been tricked. Because if you believe that uh, and uh, allow others to do it all for you, then you only find out it's the bad guys that have already taken over. And they were well aware of that, too, during the revolution, that the public would have to, to believe in it generation after generation and that everyone would have to know it well as you know it was taken out of the schools long ago it's, it was also worked on almost like a Hollywood fictional type of thing since prior to the 1950s they altered an awful lot of stuff they started to take out information from history classes and, uh, and now you have a really dumbed down population that really gets the reality from television and dramas rather from history so that's the problem. Is anything that's on paper can only be of value if the people actually live it in their daily lives. Okay, so how do, Bible, we get people, you know. how do we get people then to attach themselves and become one with the substance and not with the form? You'll never get to the masses, as we know. Uh, that never happens in history. It's always the few who are willing to go into the depths and go beyond uh, the world, as it's called, it's always been called this in all ages, going beyond the world, meaning the world that you understand or, or you're brought up in, getting beyond it all uh, to think the deeper, more profounder things of nature and what humankind is, uh, beyond the selfishness mo motive, uh, the higher aspects, some people call it the spiritual aspects, it's going beyond all of those things, that's when you start to realize that the world you're now in is, is completely corrupt and it was corrupt at its foundation because there was the money system 
and the profit well, motive. Yeah. You're right. There's a lot of different reasons, but there is the minority. We can't necessarily totally convince the majority. That's true, but we can influence them. We can get them to go a certain direction to some for, for a while. And so it's it's like what uh, I believe it was Sam Adams says that it all it takes is is a uh, a vociferous a a loud a out there in your face minority lighting brush fires in people's minds. We don't need to have the big numbers. We just need to have people who are willing to stand up and be an example and to lead. For too often, we sit back. Here's your problem here, too, that really is a real problem. Yeah. It's well understood today in, in, in science and, and psychology. Well, hang on, Alan. I hear the music coming up. We'll, uh, we'll get back to the, uh, the problem, as you want to articulate it. And we'll be back, folks. Well, welcome back, America. This is Tim Wingate here on the Republic Broadcasting Network, Michael Herzog's program, American Awakening. And we have our special guest, Alan Watt, with us. And he was talking about a problem that he perceived. Go ahead, Alan. Well, you see, in all ages, there's one uh, type of human that's always risen to the top in all, all people's and it's called a psychopathic type. The psychopath is almost a deviant creation. They used to be called that before they had the term the psychopath. And what you've had over centuries and centuries and centuries is selective breeding between the psychopathic leaders who do not have the qualities of compassion and empathy for others around them. They, they are not bonded to others around them. They are pretty ruthless, but they do climb to the top because they are ruthless. And they do it just as much in business, in big business, uh, as they do in politics or anywhere else, or in royal families. So, so what we have today is also a group of the higher ones who are also scientists now, because they pick the psychopathic types, they put them in the big colleges, train them to be scientists in warfare departments for creating good and new uh, viruses and bacteriums or Tesla-type technology, standing wave technology to eventually affect or kill the rest of the people. That's what we have to deal with. Now, the psychopath always can sniff the way that the public are going or complaining and they, they tend to come out and speak on behalf of the public and then start to lead the public. That's why many revolutions... Uh, you'll find that people end up worse after the revolution than they were before, and they can't quite figure it out. It's because the psychopaths get right in there. That happened with the, the, the communist revolution, too. The psychopaths came in like droves. They didn't want to live like the ordinary people below them. And since the 1950s onwards, they started to get themselves higher pay increases, etc. But, but Alan, not everybody. Not, that doesn't happen with every situation. It's, it's almost all situations in this present. Don't you economy. have various levels of it? I mean, America has been taking uh, has been taking some time to slide this way. Certainly, there are uh, authoritarian personalities that can rise to the top as people get lazy. They kind of go on automatic autopilot and figure, oh, the system's set, the system will run itself, and they don't keep watch. No, the, the U.S. The has had the, the problems in their share of them since its foundation. I mean, how long was it before you, you had all the other wars that started 
uh, never mind the civil war, and then the many wars since, there's been one war after another, and, and who benefits? It's no different than today, or that story you read from the, the biblical uh, stories. Mm-hmm. It's to do with loot and booty and corporations. Halliburton somehow has been given the authority to rebuild all over the world on behalf of the United States. Halliburton is still a private corporation, international corporation, with many of the top psychopaths uh, who are the top shareholders. So it, nothing has really changed. It's about looting and booty under the guises of protecting or bringing civilization to or bringing democracy to or, or, or giving uh, a religion to the pagans. It's the same old story, the same excuses, but behind it all is to do with looting and robbery. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, folks, we're going to be back after the break with Alan Watt. Alan, I, you know, it seems to me we've got a choice of either submit or resist. And I think we need to figure out some ways of either doing either. Uh, I'm not for submission, folks. We'll see you after the break. Well, welcome back, America. This is Tim Wingate on Republic Broadcasting Network, sitting in for the traveling Michael Herzog on the American Awakening. We have with us our guest, Alan Watt, and we were, we've been talking about kind of bandying back and forth the, all the, the issues that are, that are going on in this world and that we have, uh, it, 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 it seems to be completely overwhelming and bad people have been in control or have vied for control for thousands of years. Throughout history, there's been uh, a move toward that. And, and the sad thing is they're not always the smartest of people. You know, I, I like to tell jokes. I like to, to poke fun at some of these people. You know, sometimes they don't like that too much. They get rather upset, and they can be rather vindictive. Talking with our special guest... As usual on Fridays, we have Alan Watt. You still there, Alan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You know, I was looking at your website here, and I, I really like, uh, by the way, folks, it's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I like your official logo. And, folks, if you can't see it, he's got the all-seeing eye above the of the pyramid, and Alan is suspended in midair in a karate gi with a black belt executing a uh, looks like a flying kick to the all-seeing eye and knocking it off the top of the pyramid. I like that imagery, Alan. Yeah, it's about time it was knocked off because we've had it around too long. Uh-huh. Okay, well, it's it's been around. There's there's as we were talking. Yeah, and, you know, it's too even on the DARPA the DARPA logo. Uh-huh. Their official one, which they've uh, taken down, was all the same thing. They had the pyramid there with the all-seeing eye, mm-hmm. and I guess it was them at the top uh, looking down through the light to the masses down below. You know, right? It was like a like a light beam coming out of the out of the eye, going across the whole globe. Yeah, the, 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 the total thing. information network. Yeah, yeah, total information network. Yeah, yeah, good old Poindexter and his freedom uh-huh. creation. As far as that goes, well, Alan, let's deal with some real practical stuff here. 
now. We, we've talked about all the negative and how bad everything is and that we need to understand where we came from and maybe we need to understand the, the construct of the matrix and that it really is what's inside of people that, that makes the difference. You have a, uh, you offer, a, is that true, a course in deprogramming? Yeah, I used to teach people privately, very few, not anyone who asked because I don't believe in wasting my time with uh, uh, those that think that money can simply buy uh, ultimate truths. So you pick the people who've already done the journey, they've, they've done the start of the journey. In all ages, you have the, the, the world of the dead. Same in the New Testament, you had the dead, but the dead bury their dead. You can't wake the dead up. You have to try and get up themselves. That's when, uh, of course, to try and walk. That's what that always meant. And so you look for those who are, who've been asking the right questions from their own hearts. Right. And those are the ones that you can fill in. They can go beyond the natural, beyond just uh, the data of the world, because they have something else in them. And it's a tremendous uh, compassion that they have for other peoples uh, all over the world, not just their own particular group. I think the U.S. would get far more approval within their country and around the world if they stop bombing other countries abroad, especially in the Middle East. Oh, oh there, there's no doubt about that. There, there's no doubt. There's a, a wonderful little booklet out on the Internet uh, that uh, is, is called The Myth of the Innocent Civilian, which is a, a wonderful little treatise on how that none of us are necessarily... Our hands are clean because we have been allowing this. At least uh, some have not been actually protesting this. And we've created a negative situation in the world for the reputation of, of the USA. And so recognizing, though, as you've already mentioned, that there's these bad guys at the top and they well entrenched and they've got the money and all these other things well if we accept that money and this kind of power is is not real power and is not the thing that we need to go toward what are the techniques what are the tools that we use to bring liberty and freedom back to a group of people again I don't think you understand that most people never knew what liberty or freedom really was. Well, can't we show them what it, it is then? They see it, in, as I'm talking about, they see it in a, in a tunnel, the tunnel that they were born into, or Plato's cave, as he would have called it. Uh, they think it's the normal in their lifetime or, or something they've heard about in someone else's lifetime. They don't realize that the freedom starts with the individual mind. And okay. it's a okay. matter of letting go uh, indoctrinated concepts of the okay, Alan. I, I get your I get your point, and let's go let's go then and use the analogy of the Matrix movie, since that's what you adopted for your your website, cutting through the Matrix. And we have this situation, if if everyone remembers, at least in the first Matrix movie, where uh, where uh, Neo is taken into the the construct. And he's walking along. This is where he sees the woman in the in the red dress, and he he has uh, he's in the construct. He's being instructed by Morpheus as to that look at all these people around you. Every single one of these people thinks they're alive, think they're free, think that this reality is true, 
And every single one of them can become an enemy, and one of them then morphs into what they call the agents or variations of Mr. Smith. And he's, he's warning him that, that you have to be careful. You have to find people that have been asking the right questions, that are, that are doing the right thing. And now, this, this follows along, this is a parallel with scriptural teaching of, of the remnant. And, and Isaiah, there's a wonderful American writer, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him, his, his name is Albert J. Uh, uh, Nock, and uh, it, it, Nock uh, wrote a wonderful little piece called The uh, Isaiah's Job, and it was a retelling of the story about how God told Isaiah, I want you to go and tell these people uh, that something's going to happen, they need to repent, they need to change their ways. However, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to pay attention to you. They're probably going to throw you into jail, and they might even take your life. And I say, well, why should I go? And the Lord says to him, it's because your message is actually to the remnant. The remnant will be heartened by what you're saying. The remnant will be strengthened by what you're saying. And by getting up there and being out there and speaking the truth, yes, the masses aren't going to listen, but those with ears to hear and eyes to see will respond to the message. And that's what we need to do, isn't it, Alan? Is it is. Find however, those people. However, it's such an incredible education that must be given and you can't just give ultimate truths right off the bat. You've got to bring people up through levels of consciousness until when you give them certain truths, it, they'll understand. If you tell a person at the bottom the ultimate truth, uh, it goes right over their head. They don't understand. So you've got to prepare a person's mind to understand. That's a lot of education. And that's the thing. You can't do it in an hour, two hours over a radio like a rah, 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 let's save the world type deal. You cannot do that. It's a, a, it's a very deep education. But very few people, some people do have it naturally. They've already gone through the process. They've been born being aware. and uh, But very few uh, in all ages. That's how it's always been. And well, the, rem- the remnant in all ages. How do we get that cultures. started, Alan? How do we get this education process started for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see? They have to get in touch with, with the, one of the few who are teaching the right things and not the misleading things or the things which are to try to save the present system. We can't save something where the elite have already, they're already shifting the system and it has been shifting under our feet for well, a long I think time. You're right. I think we're under a paradigm shift and I we think are, uh, yeah. many of us who are, who are sensitive to these things have sensed that this paradigm shift is occurring. And I'm not talking about saving this present political system. This is just one form. See, the whole idea that I understand it is as Jesus was talking to the the Pharisees and condemning them and saying that you're whitewashed tombs, you're whitewashed sepulchers. Mm -hmm. You appear to be all bright and clean and wonderful on the outside, but inside you're full of death and deadness. The, the issue is is that form is supposed to follow substance. And in our situation now, we have empty, dead-filled forms. We have whitewashed monuments all over D.C. and all over this nation that are full of, and a, a of them and destruction also, a and decay. Them, a lot of them are also called churches because in all ages, those who give the teachings um, and know darn well that as soon as they're gone, 
uh, income the ones who corrupt it. The majority of the public want ritual. Uh, they, they want uh, fancy shows. They want something familiar, cozy, sure, and happy. Sure. So, so they become dead. We don't dead. care about that, right? So we don't become, care about so that. They become dead very, very quickly. And that's well, yeah, always so what? been so what, the Alan, way. We yeah. want to reach the people. We want. Don't you? Don't we want to reach the people who have eyes to that's see right. and ears to however, hear? So however, how do we get the message out to you them? You must also reach out of your own religion to those of others. Okay, because, let's, because that's let's say that we're problem. doing that. Yeah. Let's that's say that that's done. Problem. And, and a good start, as I say, would be to stop uh, killing off people in the Middle East, men, women, and children. But to under, do that, Alan, Alan, uh, to do that, yeah. what you're saying, to do that, then we moral people, we aware, we awakened, we spiritual, uh-huh. we who understand liberty and freedom, we who have touched on what you, you, you call the ultimate truth, we need to be in power to be able to stop that happening. You know, you Unless you've got do. some other way of doing what that. How, how also do we stop do, it? What you can also do is to demand where your tax money starts to go. No one does that. Now, when, when you acquiesce by your silence... You're acquiescing that it's going to abortion. It's All going right. To, it's going now, to inoculations. Okay. It's going to, to uh, create the war machine to kill everybody else and to, to create our own chains because we're going to use all this technology on us too. And, uh, and I would also suggest that if you're going to put anybody in power, a position of power where they can make laws over you, then you better have them. Rather than Bush having the American society tested psychologically, we have each one of them tested, even your local schoolmaster, for, for psychopathic traits. There we go, Alan. Great. we got two ideas, folks. We'll be back after the break, and we'll pick up where we left off with some ideas on what to do. America. Good afternoon. This is Tim Wingate sitting in for Michael Herzog on the American Awakening on Republic Broadcasting Network. Just before the break, we were talking with our guest, Alan Watt, who has a wonderful website called CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And we were talking about some specific things that those of us who are enlightened, those of us who understand the nature of freedom, and liberty and understand that this political system is just a transitory system. It's it's artificially constructed, and it has basically gone totally out of control. It's like a like a crazy like Frankenstein's monster in in some respects. And just before the break, Alan brought up two great ideas on how we can actually start to work. Uh, against the system, things that we can do to make it better. And one of the things was is to to withhold your approval, withhold your approval uh, from from what the government does in in bombing innocent people, in hurting innocent people. The uh, in fact, this goes, Alan. This goes right along in line with We the People Congress with Bob Schultz out of New York, where they ha- are saying that. Based on a uh, Continental Congress document, uh, a bill that was passed in 1774, that if government is not responsive to the people, that the people have a right to withhold their monies from the yeah, government. I, I, because I know, if that's what if that's what's going on, then those of us with conscience. 
should be doing whatever we certainly can. And even to, the timid ones, you know, even the timid ones can still you know, pay their taxes if they want to, but still put an objection and, and tell them what they object to. And they, and they give this money under, under force and, and duress. So, At the uh, very least, uh, they can talk, play on their congresspeople to not vote for any more, any new spending. You can uh, reduce your I, own I, I spending. Don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the, the way to it. It literally will take the people, uh, a lot enough people, just to, to literally lodge complaints as to where the money is going. And they object to the fact that they're being uh, coerced by force, basically, or the threat of force into paying it. Money that's going to change the culture, money that's going into technologies which will dominate them. That's where it's going. We're building and creating and buying our own right. chains. But, uh, Alan, I think that really just because we, we lodge a protest, they go, fine, protest all you want, just keep giving us the money. Yeah. At a certain However, point, we, we have to just pull back and say that's it, no more. And we know that they're getting desperate, and there's a lot know, the, of talk. The, the, fist, the, 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 the fist is uncovered now. The, the velvet glove is off. Been well, if the velvet gloves off and you know you're in a fight, then it's time to start fighting. They've, they've, they've had this plan. They knew they'd bring us to this stage over 60 years ago. They, had, they knew it. They've been building up for the chaos that's going to come. They've, they've, they've published their, their plans for the next 30 years in the, the Department of Defense's documents from Britain, the head of NATO. Every NATO country signed it, and they're all preparing for massive upheavals in the very near future because they know what they're going to bring on this world, and they know the public's reaction oh, to it. Oh, okay, so they, so what, Alan? What are we supposed to do, lay, is, lay down and is, submit? What I'm saying is you don't do what they expect you to do. I agree with you, so what do you suggest we do that they don't expect? What they, what they don't expect is people to do it in such a way they can't imprison them right off the bat or kill them for, for protesting. That's the first thing. These are the masters of war here. What they really well, in want. other words, we're talking about no frontal assault. We have to be uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Absolutely. We have to be as the little foxes that spoil the vines. These characters have played this game over and over, down through many centuries, and they know, they know how the public will come on head-on, like an unorganized mob, as they call them at the top. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what they want, because they want to say, look, there are crazy guys running around called militias, and forests that tried that right after the Oklahoma City deal. Yeah, they well, that all work. over television, and uh, and they want that to start so they can tell the public, the, the passive public, look, there are crazies living amongst you. We must be uh, under complete martial rule right now. That's what well, Edwin, v Edwin Vieira yesterday really laid it out that we do have the rules, we do have the tools available to us if we would just exercise them and have have the courage to do that. Well, your, your second point that you made before the break was you're talking about psychological exams uh, for elected officials. I would say that all public servants, all oh, public bureaucrats, servants, all bureaucrats, all bureaucrats yeah. they I mean, all should go through a psychological anyway. exam. Yeah. Yeah, because right now, Bush, under the, the auspices of the United Nations, the United Nations, by the way, is throwing all the laws out there Every country signs them into existence. And one of them is they want the whole world's population psychologically evaluated every year, man, woman, and child, from birth, right on. And uh, Bush mentioned this briefly about six months ago. He wanted every American citizen to be tested to see if you maybe, maybe you harbor some terrorist qualities there and you don't know it. <laughs> They're so, not looking for terrorist qualities, yeah, I, actually. I know. I know. So what they might I mean, be looking for a little individualism. That's what they're looking for. 
That's but true. I'll tell you what else they're looking for. They're looking for the authoritarian personality style. The leadership qualities is what they're looking for. Oh, the, well, I, I'm not sure that authoritarianism is, so is leadership. Let them do what they want to do. Let's change all this and say, no, all you guys who want authority over us, since you're there to serve us, must take this test, this, this psychopathic test, you see. Yeah. And you'll find yeah. out, you're going to find you're going to have a very quiet Washington, D.C. after it's done. This will be Excellent. Very few people we got a break coming up. Alan, so we will deal with this. And, folks, I'm going to give you some tools after the break on how to figure out what authoritarianism is all about. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America, to the Republic Broadcasting Network. This is The American Awakening with Michael Herzog. I'm Tim Wingate sitting in for Michael, who will be back on Monday talking with our special guest, as usual on a Friday, Alan Watt, and we were talking about, right before the break, I promised you some tools. Uh, Alan had brought up a, a great suggestion about giving psychological exams to all bureaucrats, all public servants, to determine whether or not they're fit to be our servants or whether they'll try to usurp our authority in place and place theirs in. It is that authoritarian mindset that is amoral. They'll pretend to have morals. They'll go to church. They'll do all the right things. But behind the scenes, they have no morality, and they're only interested in the acquisition acquisition of power and wealth. So if we can understand this, maybe something along these lines, this, this test that would be something or at least a framework to uh, have all public uh, servants follow. What do, you, what do you think, Alan? Well, what you've just described is a classic psychopath, in fact. Yeah. Because the psychopath really only respects someone more powerful than themselves, and when they get governments going and, and they infiltrate, then the government becomes like a military organization with superiors all the way down, and uh, they do crave power, but they really respect the person above, almost like a god, because they wish they had more power themselves. They are truly psychopathic, and what you have today across the whole Western world, and now it's the Far East as well, you've got, you're voting in uh, one, the left-wing bunch of multi-millionaire lawyers or the right-wing bunch of multi-millionaire lawyers. Uh, I think really lawyers should be banned from even applying uh, to get in there at all. We don't need lawyers for that. Uh, normal people just discuss things for normal people, we don't need lawyers to confuse the issue. I, I, I would agree, and there are some con that contend that the original 13th Amendment to the American Constitution was uh, referring to a reaffirmation of no titles of nobility, specifically uh -huh. dealing with lawyers and being Esquire and from the London Bar and these other things, and I don't know if it's true or not. I've seen evidence on both sides. I, it, it, at this point in time, doesn't make any real difference, but I do understand what you're saying about lawyers. In fact, uh, e even in the New Testament, that was one of the major problems, is that they were the doctors or the lawyers of the law and had convoluted and constructed the law in such a way that it did nothing but hold down the common person, and they themselves would just Wanted. They they would do when a little bit. A be technical. When you need a professional person, 
to to interpret something for you that's supposed to be simple, then you're being fooled. And that's what lawyers' jobs are, are meant to do. The law is supposed to be easily understood by every individual, regardless of IQ, within the normal population. And so uh, law is very much like the movie called The Devil's Advocate, which uh, portrayed that very, very well. And Al Pacino, who was the devil in it, he says, how do you think we're taking over this country and the world? He says, we're churning out armies of lawyers every day. That's how we're taking it over. Yeah. And it's very, very, very true. Uh, it's, it's meant to, to confuse everything, to make everyone else, the ordinary people, subservient to something they don't understand. And you don't understand it because it's deliberately uh, obfuscated. You're absolutely right. And this is one of the arguments that many of us in the tax truth movement, if you want to give it a title or a name, have argued that the reason or the, the government's position on claiming that the income tax is legal is so convoluted and is is so cafeteria-style, picking here and picking there and then trying to say, well, this is the law. Ed Vieira yesterday was pointing out that you, have, you use a legal flow chart. There has to be if-then clauses. There has to be cause and effect. You should be able to draw a line from the very beginning straight through to the end without any breaks in the line that show that, that this, this thought process is normal. And basically what I'm trying to say is, is agree with you that the law has become so complicated it is of no effect. It's only there to serve an elite who want to confuse whatever they're doing as it passes through the lawyers and then is reiterated or reinterpreted to the public. Right. Law can reinterpret as much as they wish whenever they wish. That's what lawyers are there for. I've often pointed out to people that, you know, law is nothing more than just a group of people agreeing on rules on how they're going to do something. We used to play the game of Monopoly, and we would we would sit around and we would all agree on whether or not on the parking lot or go to jail or, or wherever. It usually was on the parking lot in the corner that if you ended up on the parking lot, you got 100 bucks or, you know, 100 Monopoly monies. Or we would we would make up extra rules, and as long as everybody agreed to it, that wasn't any problem. Mm-hmm. And, and law, in in effect, is the same thing. The problem is now, no, but not everybody gets a chance to agree to it. Not everybody gets a chance to follow it, and we end up with a question as to to what the law is. And even though it's specifically written, it's being enforced by the bullies with guns out in the populace. And they're telling you what the law is, and now you have to spend your time, your property, your your life essence to go and defend something that you know the rules say you can do and they can't do, but yet they're in this position of, of bullying power, of physical prowess over yes, us. They've taken over, they've taken over through, again, the acquiescence of, of the public over a period of time until it's become the normal and uh, a generation of grown up accepting this is normal. That's great. Listen, we got a call coming in. I think it's uh, Edie in Texas. Katie, Katie in Texas. Oh, hi, Katie. Are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. That's one of my favorite names. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Mr. Watt if he had any books available. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've got them up on my site, in fact. Uh, oh, do you? I've got okay. the cutting through uh, 1, 2, and 3 series, okay. where I even go into a lot of the coding that's used within society um, with the higher uh, uh, Masonic groups, actually, not the low guys, but the high ones. And once you understand it, you can reinterpret the headlines from the newspapers as they pass the little jokes to each other. You'd be quite astounded at uh, the language they use. Did you get that, Katie? Uh, yes, I did. Um, you don't oh. have anything available in, like, Barnes & Noble or anything like that, do you? No, I've, I've bypassed all the regulars because, you see, I've had people, too, offering to publish my works. But once you do that, it's authorized to be out there, and the editor then edits out little bits that he thinks are inappropriate. Yes. So I went and bypassed them and did it my own way so that I don't have to be censored. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. Okay, Katie, you got his website, right? Uh, yes, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There you go. All right, Thanks thank for you. calling, Katie. Yes, thank you. Well, Alan, uh -huh. I, I can't uh, emphasize how, how important it is for people to shake off, as you say, the shackles mm -hmm. in their minds of that this is the way that we're living in our society this way with uh, supposedly depleted energy and and all these these things is uh, the only way it it can be. I, I believe there is a paradigm shift, and I don't necessarily believe it has to be toward the negative. I think if we can awaken the remnant, if the remnant, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, those who respond to the that internal. Uh, responsive uh, cord of liberty and freedom will start to get up and, and talk and influence the people around them, start to make it known that there is something that can be done before this happens. We may be able to change things around. I don't think that the future is set. Even though these guys have been planning this, as you say, for 60 years, which brings me to the, the thing that we had talked about uh, earlier, you and I privately, and that is that, uh, and you mentioned it, that it came up out of think tanks. Mm -hmm. These globalists, these internationalists have had think tanks. But why don't we, as freedom-minded people, put together our think tanks and figure out a way to not confront them with mob action, as, as you said, and that's what they're expecting, but come up with more subtle strategies and tactics to circumvent them and, and, and to basically, you know, stop them from well, what they're doing, monkey the wrench them. Here's the problem. That the big think tanks that have tried in the past, uh, and political movements too, to, to alter our course, are always infiltrated immediately uh, at the ver from the very top. They come in, they take over very, very subtly to begin with, but eventually you have a talking head or a bunch of them at the top, uh, again, psychopaths, ah. who are trained to do this, by the way. And they see all the right things, they become the leaders, and before you know it, you're off in a different direction altogether. Or you've joined the United, the United Nations and are all part of the problem. It's uh, well, the same you, old con game. Yeah. You, you, you bring up a very good point. This then goes to the next step, that we as individuals, we as adults, we as liberty-minded members of the remnant need to stand up, shake off, the shackles of the society, and what I mean by that is, you know, watching TV, watching all the sports, 
just bothering ourselves with all the things that we think we have to do and start learning about freedom and liberty, the rights of man, which is another good book, by the way, to read uh, by Tom Paine. Folks, if you haven't read The Rights of Man for some time, it's time to go back and reread it. Reread the Declaration of Independence. Get into your minds these ideas. And then we individually have to start to think about ways of uh, working the system and, and throwing roadblocks up, whether it's uh, going after the youth, which is one of the things that I like to do. I like to seed the youth with a liberty virus and give them material and ideas and help them, encourage them to resist the attempts on them. Go along, make it look like you're doing it, but, you know, in your mind, stay true to liberty and freedom. Just as, just, you know, kind of turning the tables on them, Alan, what, what, what they were trying to do to Nicaragua. Well, we've got the CIA brochure that the CIA printed up and just flooded through Nicaragua to try and get, as they called the freedom fighters, how to uh, resist the uh, the uh, communist Nicaraguan regime. Well, that pamphlet is now available. I have that on a CD, and it's all kinds of wonderful things that people can consider doing. I don't encourage people to go out and break the law, but I consider you to start thinking about things in terms of what's actually right, what's wrong, what leads to liberty, and what leads to slavery. You yourself have to make the decision on what you're going to do. And many of us are family men, and we have obligations. Now, is there anything else that people can do to fight against this this potential? It's a matter of just fighting. You you don't win any battle until you've conquered yourself. And, and, and okay. to, run, to run off studying other people's definitions doesn't do anything except following something. You have to be your own champion, and you must come to your own conclusions of what freedom is or liberty is uh, for yourself by becoming it. It's, it's a change that happens within the individual. And that's the only way it's, it's real. Otherwise, you're just following. If you follow, uh, you're so easily led by the wrong people. Well, I, okay, I, I would agree. We don't need to be followers, but I, I certainly don't believe that learning from other examples of people who have led in liberty, I don't think that's necessarily following. It's, it's gaining the idea. Aren't you, aren't you talking about inculcating their, the beliefs and the concepts of freedom and making them part of your own very nature? You don't, you don't understand. Uh, the, the freedom starts within the individual. Of course itself. it does. And that comes as a natural process of work going on as they analyze themselves from beginning to end. You can't understand the world they have done that first. You All right. Your own motivations. Okay. Well, after the break, we'll come back with... Uh few more ideas, folks. All right, America. Back with you on the Republic Broadcasting Network, American Awakening with Michael Herzog, who will be back Monday. I'm Tim Wingate, and I would like to thank our special guest, Alan Watt, for being with us and informing us as to the nature of, of how bad things are and giving us some ideas on what we can do to to make things well and good and it does 
it, when we left or went to the break, Alan was saying that you just you cannot understand the, the concepts of liberty until you have those come up from within yourself. Is that right, Alan? Yeah, you've got to analyze yourself and uh, uh -huh. who are you as a person. You've got to really analyze that. And, mm -hmm. and even your own motivations for wanting certain things. What do you really want? What do you need? What is life about? Uh, where do you stand in proportion with, the, with all of the great world that you live in and others around you? That means the whole world, uh, everyone in different creeds and cultures and so on. And you realize yeah, to thine own self be true, you right? Must, you, you have no choice. Uh, if you break the law, the natural laws, uh, then you're simply uh, you're blind. You're the blind leading the blind. And well, then there's going to be the some. There's going to be some folks who will look within themselves and say, you know, I'd rather be a follower than a leader. The, the and that will. Um, yep. But we're interested. Others, we're interested in those. Them. We're interested in those who have a a positive response to the liberty message they we're looking we're looking to encourage the remnant to resist and there are a lot of good ways of doing that alan i want to thank you for being with us again and i know you and michael will probably be in conversation and uh, i would encourage everybody to uh, tune in again next week at this time for or i'm not at this time but at uh, two o'clock central to uh, hear Alan again, because you're a regular Friday guest for Michael. So we uh, look forward to that next Friday. Websites, once again, Alan's website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. He has books and courses and just a ton of material on his site to help you go through and figure out who you are and how to drop the shackles from your mind and to understand your place, in, as he was saying, in this great big world. 